0: Hello, listeners, seafood lovers, and fellow Earth inhabitants. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. Thanks for listening to the Academia Podcast. This is the Earth Day episode. We're releasing this episode on Earth Day 2019. I sat down with Justin and Maddie for a quick five to 10 minute conversation about Earth Day, which turned into about a 30 minute conversation about Earth Day, sustainable fisheries, and why we need to protect our species. Before we get into the conversation, Remember to rate and review Aquademia on iTunes, subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts, and make sure you take advantage of our exclusive content, networking opportunities, videos, courses, and a whole lot more by becoming a member at www.aquaculturealliance.org slash membership. Lastly, if you want to send us an email, you can do that at podcast at aquaculturealliance.org or leave us a voice message at 1-603-384-3560. Okay, Earth Day, let's talk about seafood. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. And I'm Justin Grant.
1: And I'm Maddie Cassidy.
0: And guess what? If you're listening to this episode on the day that it's released, which is Monday, April 22nd, happy Earth Day! Whoop (laughs) whoop! We're celebrating Earth Day here at Aquademia by talking about seafood and how it's related to Earth Day.
1: Yeah, how seafood relates to the environment and Earth Day and all that.
0: So, I want to start off before we get into it. Make sure that you subscribe to the Aquademia podcast and rate and review us on iTunes. That's how we learn about it. I think we need to do... How do you feel about this, Justin? I think we need to run a contest sometime. I love contests. For anyone who leaves us a written five-star review, maybe we can you know, p- pick a winner and send them a coffee mug or something. Oh, you're, you're
2: going off the whim here. I was I know. what your prize was
0: going to be. I know. <laughs> well, uh, we have Aquademia coffee mugs. We're not announcing this yet, but I think we're, we'll do this in the future, in the near future. So I think we should. So get excited. Maybe next episode we'll formalize that. But make sure More you- More to come. More that's to right. Come. Make sure you rate and review and subscribe and tell your friends and write it with airplanes in the sky and make billboards and tell everyone about it. And become a member of GAA because you get all kinds of sweet extra stuff as a member. We got- Including full, full-length Yeah, we got episodes. full-length interviews with some of our experts. We got courses, videos.
1: Infographics.
0: Infographics, exclusive content, so check it out. Go to www.aquaculturealliance.org slash membership and become a member. So Maddie, you wanna take this away?
1: Yeah, sure. So one thing that we have been working on at Global Aquaculture Alliance this year in 2019 has been our Aquaculture 101 campaign. And with that, we're just trying to educate everyone a little bit more about what fish farming is. Is it bad? Is it bad for the environment? Is it unsafe to eat? And just kind of addressing all of the questions that people have about fish farming.
0: Spoiler alert, the answer to most of those questions is no, a lot of the times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but not all the Thank time. Thank you for the summary. <laughs> but not all the
0: time. So
1: the
2: outreach department... Or- Marketing is working on blog posts that, t- that tie to this Aquaculture 101. Sean and I in the education department have a key aspect of these blog posts too. We create videos. This blog campaign is scheduled monthly for the entire year of 2019 and maybe beyond depending on uh, how it's received outside of these walls. But there are some really cool things that are going to be happening. This is a free offering too. So Anyone can go to the GAA website and check these things out. They should go where, Maddie, to find it?
1: So if you go to aquaculturealliance.org slash blog, our post for the month of April actually goes out today, Monday. And this month's is all about aquaculture and the environment in honor of Earth Day and Earth Month and Earth Week and all the Earth-related things.
0: Earth Year. We live here all year long, so (laughs) you know what's cool about this blog post? A lot of our listeners are... Probably already supporters of aquaculture and the aquaculture industry, or maybe they even work in the aquaculture industry. It's a cool thing to send to people who are skeptical of aquaculture or have doubts or have been misled. You know, there's some people out there that just bash aquaculture f- because they read something online that scared them and, ten years ago. Yeah, and, or, or they they heard or something. But no, there's you know there's a lot of misinformation and and people buy into the negative really easily and it's harder to convince them of the positive. So these these blog posts, they're, I mean, what, three-minute videos? Yeah, three to five. Made? It all depends three on the five content. Three to five-minute videos. Just, and it's not saying you're wrong for thinking that. We're just mm-hmm. giving information. It's just telling you about aquaculture, explaining to you how it works and what it's good for and, you know, what's going on in, with it right now. And so some
2: history, you know, where it was in the past is not where it is today. Exactly, kind of the growth of the industry.
1: Right, and we're not trying to say that the aquaculture industry or fish farming is perfect by any means. We're just kind of addressing the history of the industry and how it's progressed over the past few decades, and I think with respect to the environment, a lot of progress has been made over the past few decades.
0: Before we get into some of the changes and stuff, like we said, if you are in the industry or you're a believer in aquaculture, you know, you... You understand that this is the future of food and we and it's gonna be pretty important moving forward. And you need some resources to help communicate that to other people that are in your life. This is a great resource because it's very digestible information. It's easy to understand and it's not, there's no fear mongering with it. So, you know, use, I, use this resource.
2: And I think what I've been seeing this trend, specifically with the podcast, along with a lot of our other uh, social platforms, But when we get a a share with a like and people give even if it's one sentence saying hey I just found this new podcast that talks about seafood it's great and they they share it with all of their followers you know not everyone who's in uh, the seafood business not all their followers are also in the seafood business so when you see something that you like and you just a simple share and it reaches that broader audience to kind of get people in and like Sean said this is really digestible content and and it's really easy to follow and understand and ideally we just want to educate and allow people to make their own informed decisions
0: with accurate information. Yeah,
2: with accurate information absolutely.
0: Because we're not we know that not everyone is doing this right and there are problems in the aquaculture industry but you know that's why we have some programs and we're working with some other groups to try and help fix those issues and you know make the industry better. So
2: so like episode 1 up. we started with the earth's got issues. And because Earth has issues, the Earth Day Network, which hosts or puts on this Earth Day, which happens once a year, uh, we're releasing this episode on April 22nd, 2019. So just in case you're listening to this at a later date, today is Earth Day. And like I said, Earth Day Network puts on Earth Day, a little background history of Earth Day. There is a theme to it every year. Last year in 2018, it was End Plastic Pollution. This year in 2019 is protecting our species. So that hits home to a lot of people, hits home to us because part of that species network includes crustaceans and fish among many other species. But we need to be aware of what's going on in the world, how species are um, being affected by pollution and other
0: ocean acidification, you know, global climate change, the melting of the polar ice caps, all yeah. of these, all these issues that we spoke about in the first couple episodes of this podcast.
2: I'm sure many of our listeners are aware of Earth Day. Quick fact is Earth Day is a global event and more than 1 billion people representing over 190 countries take part in this Earth
0: Day. How do you take part in Earth Day?
1: That's a lot of people.
2: That is a lot of people. And if every one of those people just does one small part or you know, starts thinking about in the focus of this year's theme which is protect our species a lot can be done 192 countries over 1 billion people that's a lot so what does that mean like what are are people doing on earth day on earth day when i was in school was cleaning up the local park going into the woods and doing all sorts of a lot of it focused around
0: cleanup i think a lot when i was in school a lot of it focused around awareness i remember we used to we would make either draw posters or we would i think one year we did like a like a tile on a quilt in every classroom, created Had a, a tile suction. on this quilt, and then there was this big quilt that was that's it's still hanging up in my elementary school, as far as I know. Uh, that's sustainability, people. So it was a lot of it was a, a, a lot of um, awareness kind of stuff, you know, telling telling people about Earth Day and you know what what they should be doing to help reduce their their waste and things like that. Oh,
2: absolutely. It's it's more than the doing. Absolutely, it's the awareness part, education, and. Ideally, Earth Day should take part every day, but it's nice to have one specific day where people make that extra effort maybe to learn something new about what's going on on the planet and what they can do to remedy or help fix or improve certain things.
0: Yeah. So this year's theme or focus is protect our species. And I think a lot of people, when they hear that, they think of what do they think of pandas and tigers tigers and elephants and white rhinos, which all need protection. Yeah, there's there's issues with all of those species, but we in this industry are focused on the protection of species that are less cute and cuddly and fuzzy. Yeah. You know, we're focusing on fish, crustaceans. They have sections on these different kind of highlight species. And they talk about fish, they talk about crustaceans, and they talk about sharks, which are the three that we're that we kind of honed in on for this podcast because they all relate to our industry and we're pulling this information so like I said
2: Earth Day Network is hosting and, and, and being the representative of Earth Day you can go to earthday.org dot org and there'll be a link in the show notes and you can kind of check out again this is April 22nd 2019 just to date this episode that Earth Day website for this year has links to all these different species and kind of what's going on with them uh, the first one I clicked on was bees. So I just have an interest in bees. Right.
0: <laughs> well, that's a super important issue right now is the, oh, absolutely. the potential extinction of bees could screw up the planet royally. Yeah.
2: Over ninety percent of specific plants get their pollination from bees. Wow. So ten yeah, percent of plants will be left. We lose bees, bees,
0: we're gonna we're gonna lose a lot more than just bees, and I, I think people don't understand how big of an impact that would have.
2: They said one bee could pollinate or visits over between 500 and 1,000 different plants in one trip before it returns back to its hive. That's a lot of plants. That is, yeah. I don't know how far they go, but wow. 500 to 1,000
0: busy. It's busy a Busy, busy bee. Hey. <laughs> so We're, let's talk about fish, though. Who, yes. who wants to talk about uh, protecting fish and why it's important? Because we like to eat fish.
2: On the EarthDay.org site, they do have links to fish, And crustaceans, they split them up because they are different. Sean, do you want to talk a little bit about crustaceans?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, What's really cool about these little short little articles they have is they're bullet points and they're really straightforward. They talk about why we need these and why we need them around. I mean, some of the biggest issues that are facing crustaceans are specifically global climate change and ocean acidification, which we've spoken about. With the ocean acidification, what happens is their shells are not as strong. So crustaceans, you know, we're talking about shrimp. Lobsters, crabs, uh, you know these any arthropods, and they rely on their shell as an exoskeleton to protect them. And you know they grow and they shed their shell, and then they're soft for a period of time, and then they form a new shell around them. That's that's how crustaceans grow. So their shells are not they're not able to make shells that are as strong with the change in the acidity from the ocean because the uh, elements that they use to make that shell are not as abundant. Mm-hmm. So their shells are weaker and they're more vulnerable, which is resulting in less crustaceans. And these crustaceans are super important to the ecosystem because they're at they're closer to the bottom of the food chain. You know, there's a lot of larger species that eat them as their food and they eat dead and decomposing things a lot of times. So they, they help with that end of the circle of life, basically. Um, they help clean up dead animals and then larger animals eat them and you know, they're, they're a basis for the food chain. So super duper important. We eat them as well. And so another threat to crustaceans is overfishing, you know, shrimping boats and crabbing boats. We've all seen the TV shows of these guys that go out and they haul up huge cages full of crab, which, yeah, those species that we see on the show are not farmed. But, you know, this, this is one way that we're trying to help with the wild populations of crustaceans is to farm shrimp and, and crabs um, mostly shrimp is the you know one of the biggest farmed species out there. Farming shrimp, because there's such a high demand for human consumption of shrimp, uh, it helps kind of ease that pressure on the wild population. so we're not relying on that as much to feed the people. It's still an invaluable resource. We still need to be fishing out of the oceans because you can't farm enough to feed everybody. So you know both parties need to be in operation. But being able to farm a large percentage of those crustaceans that are consumed for humans is invaluable to the wild population. So, you know, the oceans need every level of the food chain to be able to have a successful, sustainable ecosystem, which is why they talk about sharks as well. You know, there's issues with sharks. People are fishing sharks and killing sharks for sport in some cases and a lot of sharks are being captured and finned which means they're cutting their fins off and then throwing them back in the oceans so they're wasting the whole
2: shark except for the fin
0: yeah <laughs> and because and it's just one fin right D- usually fin? it's just dorsal? well i think they usually cut off the pectorals and the dorsal but the dorsal fin is like the prized piece and yeah, yeah. F- you know in some cultures shark fin soup is like this huge thing it's like a like a status symbol if you go and you order shark fin soup which is just silly because and I've never had it, but I've heard that it just tastes like nothing. It's just cartilaginous. It's not even really meat, you know. It just takes the flavor of whatever you cook it in. So you might as well use tofu or chicken yeah. in that broth. But it's it's just socially it's this like status symbol of you're eating shark fin soup you must be important or you must be filthy rich or something and that is because you don't care about the environment yeah (laughs) well that's that's something that is being combated but you know that's a whole other we could do a whole episode on shark finning and maybe maybe we should but getting back to what i was saying you know sharks are on the opposite end of these crustaceans they're an apex predator they keep the ecosystem in check you know if we overfish sharks and there's not enough sharks out there then these intermediate species that are in the middle of the food chain they're going to overpopulate and then they're going to deplete the resources for everyone else so you know everything is in a fine balance and the more that we overfish certain species and certain levels of that food chain it's going to screw up the ecosystem. And so what these articles are doing from Earth Day Network is bringing awareness to this. And, you know, it doesn't really... It gives some tips on how you can help protect these species. And for crustaceans, you know, it it starts off the way what we say in every episode, support sustainable fisheries and sustainable farming. That's one of the biggest threats that we have more control over as opposed to climate change and ocean acidification.
1: Yeah, and I think that when we look at fish, it's very, very similar to the crustacean and shark issues that you were just touching on. And when we think about the theme of protecting our species for Earth Day, I think the first thing that came to my mind, obviously, because I work in the seafood industry, is overfishing and how much of a role that plays in not protecting our species and fishing is incredibly important and it supports so many people with jobs provides food for so many people and we need it we need fishing we can't operate as a planet without the fishing industry but in order to give these fish a break and let them repopulate and enjoy their habitats We need to be able to supplement the fish that we're getting from fishing with something else from somewhere else. And the best route to go with that would be fish farming as long as it's done in a sustainable manner that doesn't impact the environment in a negative way.
0: Right. I mean, just think about it logically. If you want to only support fisheries and, you know, you're not aware of... If you're supporting sustainable fisheries or not, if you say, I'm only going to eat wild caught fish, and then we end up overfishing these species that you enjoy eating, sorry, sea monster, there's not going to be any left. So we need to, we need to supplement and we need to be diverse. We need to, you know, diversify our diet and what we're eating and try different things and, um, you know, make sure that everything is just done sustainably. There's quotas for a reason. And there's fisheries that have very, very specific quotas. Like I think the tuna fishery has really specific quotas. Yeah, and lobster
1: lobster, does too. Lobster
0: lobster has has a lot. I don't know about the quotas with lobsters. I'm not sure how that works. But, you know, we talked about in a a recent episode how the lobster fishery has regulations around sizing and what you can keep and what you can't and stuff like that. Um, that's a well-managed, sustainable fishery. And tuna is fairly well-managed as well. You, I, I think they're starting to say in certain certain countries, you know, you can't use certain types of nets and long lines and stuff to catch tuna. Like gill nets, you can't really use gill nets anymore. A lot of species you need to only collect if you catch it with a rod and reel, basically, or or harpoon. So there's regulations that help with that because you can't just go out and collect every tuna that your boat comes within 200 feet of, you know, and that's to help preserve the wild population and make sure that there's more in the future. So if you as the listener are looking to find something that you can do for Earth Day to start thinking about eating more sustainably and using your diet as an angle to help with some of these issues on the planet, I urge you to look into quotas. Look at, you know, if you're on a coastal town, look into the fishery that's in your local area. What are they catching? You know, support your local fisheries, support local businesses and make sure that they're doing it right. Are they following their quotas? What is this sustainable fishery? Are your local fishermen doing it right? And if they are, then you need to support them as much as you can, because that's what's going to make the difference. If we support people who are, you know, off the books, catching a bunch of sharks, cutting their fins off and throwing them back in the ocean when they're supposed to be a haddock fishery that's not going to work it's going to make things worse
2: and we can make it easy for some of our listeners too if they're saying i don't, don't want to go do all this digging and i'm sure we've mentioned this before but we're located on the seacoast in new hampshire and portsmouth we have an abundance of fisheries up in maine a little bit of coastline that we have here in new hampshire and then massachusetts we can send a couple links on the quotas of some of the locally caught species. You know, Up in Maine, obviously, everyone thinks of lobsters, but lobsters are caught in Massachusetts as, as well. But there are other species that are, that are wild caught that have strict quotas, and we can send just a couple links of what's happening near us. So if you want to check those out, um, we'll provide those links.
0: Yeah, the cool thing about quotas when it comes to fisheries is I believe they're updated yearly. Um, You know, just like hunting, there's there's seasons for certain species of fish that you can go catch, fish and crustaceans. And before those seasons are open, the regulators release the quotas for the year. So you may, maybe last year, you may have been able to catch this many halibut in the season or, you know, per haul. But maybe this year, you know, the studies showed that maybe the halibut population was down a little bit so your quota went down you can you can't take as many halibut this year
1: but if we give them a break and let them repopulate a little bit more then in your, future years in future years you'll be able to get even more than you have in the past your quota will go
0: up so it's it's you know there are people that are watching these things very closely and they're keeping track of it and they're giving you they're not telling you how much you can and cannot catch of a fish just to power trip and try to just regulate for the sake of regulating. They're doing this so that we can continue to. The longevity of the species. So we can continue to fish and eat this in the future and, and maintain a healthy ecosystem. Yeah, and some of that's out of our control. I mean, we, we say that fishing
2: can. Overfishing can be an issue that can shrink a population, but, you know, it's all these. It's not only is it overfishing, but it's global warming and the acidification and, and factors that people would argue that humans caused or we didn't cause just natural cycles of the planet. There are outside factors other than fishing that that cause the the populations of certain species to rise or decline. I mean, it's no different than. Hunting on land Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah and another thing that also impacts The habitats of these fish And their populations is ocean pollution Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. a huge issue Like I think in 2010 there was that giant oil spill In the Gulf of Mexico And so, I don't know an exact number, but I can only imagine the amount of fish and habitats that were just totally decimated from that. Yep. And unfortunately, that's not an isolated incident. Right. That kind of thing happens often, not on that scale, but it does happen frequently.
0: Well, you see all the time stories about, oh, a whale washed up on this beach. And they, you know, they did a, a necropsy on it and it was just full of plastic and just full of garbage that it ate. And then what happens is, you know, these animals eat all this garbage and then they aren't hungry because their stomachs are full. They can't digest it. They can't pass it. And then they just stop eating and then they starve to death, which is just horrible. And that's our fault. I don't care what you think about climate change. Yeah, climate put, change didn't put trash, plastic in the ocean. Trash and plastic in the ocean is, hum- is the fault of humans. Sea turtles it's a big issue. I am, you know, there's a, there's another species that is a good poster child for this because it's a cute, adorable animal that people love to support. Stop throwing plastic bags in the <laughs> in the ocean. Sea turtles eat jellyfish. It's, you know, a lot of species of sea turtles love jellyfish as part of their main diet and Plastic bag looks a whole lot like a jellyfish when you're a sea turtle, and these sea turtles eat, get their stomachs full of plastic, and then then they stop eating.
2: You know what it comes down to is belonging, and where I'm going with this is if you are driving by your house in your car and you have some fast fast food trash or just trash in general in your car, you're gonna roll down your window and throw the trash out on your yard? No, because you have that sense of belonging. You know what that effect is. And that eventually you're going to have to go out there and pick it up yourself. Whereas you, someone who's not thinking or has that sense of belonging is more able to just throw it out the, the window on someone else's property or just on the road and someone else will deal with it. What we all as humans need to realize is that we all belong to the planet. So no matter where you are on land or in the ocean, Anything that you're doing that negatively affects the planet is on you. And people just get so in tune in whether it's their daily lives or just living in general that they forget and they lose that kind of sense of belonging and end up making poor choices and Mm -hmm. affect, you know, why we're dealing with these issues now anyways.
0: I need to say in my town, there's a main road. There's two main roads that go through my town. Small town. With a blinking light. That's literally like all we have. (laughs) You guys have lights? My road is right off of that, one of those main roads. And I'm the first house on my road. Mm. And everybody, everybody throws their trash in my yard out of their car. Like there is always beer cans and soda cups and all kinds of garbage like along the road at the front of my yard that I have to pick up all the time. And I, and it's this the exact same thing. You're right. Like they don't they don't care. This yard does not belong to them. They're not part of my family. They're not responsible yep. for the way that my yard looks. So they don't even think about it. They just toss it out. It's just you know it's people. It's it's awareness. People don't think about it. That's what it comes. And that's down. why well, realizing
2: th- that you belong to wherever that trash ends up landing. You belong to that. Whether maybe not legally if it's landing on your property, but. If you're throwing it not and it lands in the woods and you might say, oh, you know, that's that's just nature out there. It's like, no, you're you're a part of that. And right. I don't know how we get that message across to the to the masses. I well, mean, I think this we're is... trying to do it through the through educational resources like podcasts and social media and television. And a lot of people are doing the right things. And it's just a matter of, of saying it the right way to have someone for a moment really actually listen don't have it be background noise like actually listen and and go oh oh make that that aha moment and then they make that they make that change whether it's small or whether it's large and hopefully even if it's small it's sustainable and if we can get the masses or the majority of people to make that small change you will be amazed on how this planet can look and shift
0: well I think it's hard you know it's really hard to to get to that point because i think a lot of people you know the fact that they're listening to this episode is a first step but a lot of people consider that oh i did the right thing i i learned about this i pat myself on the back i listened to that podcast episode i'm you know i'm i'm in the right headspace for this and then they pat themselves on the back and then they go in their house and throw away a bunch of plastic you know <laughs> so you know we need to get beyond that oh i i listened to someone talk about this or i I read this article and shared this article on Facebook, so I did my good deed for the environment for the day, so I don't need to worry about anything else. And that's that's hard. And this, all of these reasons is why Earth Day exists. Yep. You know, it's like Valentine's Day. I've, I've gotten in a lot of interesting conversation with people about Valentine's Day. and say, Oh, I don't believe in Valentine's Day. I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. It's stupid. Or people are like, oh, I love Valentine's Day. I'm blah, right blah, blah, here. Blah, blah. Blah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Valentine's Day, and I will, I will bring it back to Earth Day, but the thing about Valentine's Day is, you know, everyone, the argument is about why do we have Valentine's Day? It's a stupid Hallmark holiday. You should love each other or whoever you're with or your family or whoever every day of the year. Absolutely. But Valentine's Day gives you a day to remind yourself of that that this is important in your life, that you need to, you know, be aware that this is someone that you love as part of your life. And, you know, you want to celebrate that. It's just a reminder of that. And that's what Earth Day is, too. Earth Day should be 365 days a year because we live, as I said earlier, we live on Earth all year. At least I do. Maybe if you're an astronaut, you can send in a review and give us a... Yeah, but don't you know, be throwing trash away. out your space window. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we live here all year. It should be something that we're aware of all the time. But, you know, busy lives, work, school, all that, you don't think about it. And it's easy to fall into bad habits that, are, that negatively impact the planet. So Earth Day... We celebrate Earth Day as a way to remind ourselves of why why we need to take care of our planet because we live here and if we don't take care of our home, we're not gonna have a home to take care of.
1: Or make money off of.
0: Or make money off of, sure.
1: Whatever <laughs> gets the people thinking.
2: I think what I, I, I love is that this was gonna be a really short episode and I love how we <laughs> go over what we were expecting to be a quick 10 minute episode and it just speaks to that we all have something to say and we really are passionate about trying to make a difference. And we've talked a lot about individuals doing their part, but big companies are doing their parts too. And my parting words is the, our local grocery store charges extra for for bags. And every time my wife's like, we need to go to the supermarket and pick something up, I say bring Bring the bags. Bring the shopping bags, because I'm not going to pay an extra ten cents for a paper bag. But, See, it comes down to b- money. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, I mean, whatever works. Money is. I don't want. That's a. That's a. That's a much. That's like a series. A yeah, podcast. that's a <laughs> different podcast. But <laughs> you're not, it's a different you're not show. The that's in an podcast. example of a company realizing the value of. You know, the, we don't need more. I mean, most people will empty their groceries when they get home put them away and then they'll crunch down their paper bags that they got from the store and put them in the trash. Mm-hmm. I mean, other people, maybe they recycle them at all. All all depends on what you do, but bigger companies realize that they can almost not force, but can really put people on the spot to, they almost force the decision for them. If you don't want to spend extra money then bring your recyclable uh, grocery bags with you.
0: Yeah. So long story short, bring it all back. You know, it's, it's important to recognize earth day as a day to remind ourselves of why it's important to take care of our planet. And like I said, I think listening to this episode is taking the first step. Check out those articles on earthday.org from Earth Day Network and learn about why it's important to take care of some of these species and why what we can do to start working towards that.
2: Next year, by the way, 2020, is the 50th anniversary of Earth
0: Day.
1: Oh that's a really fun fact. That's pretty cool. Happy 49th Thursday.
0: Yeah, there you go. So, remember, check out our blog posts with those videos. They're going to be coming out every Can we month. link to it? Can we link? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. We'll, we'll have link to a link it. we'll have a link in the show notes, but um you can also go to www.aquaculturealliance.org/blog uh, and check those out and make sure you check that every month and and on our social media page so you know when they're coming out. Watch the video, use it as a resource, send it to people. Let's teach each other why we need responsible aquaculture. Also, go to aquaculturealliance.org/membership and become a member to get all of our exclusive content and some cool networking opportunities. Rate and review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify. I don't know if you can rate and review on Spotify, but you know, wherever you listen and then if you want to contact us, which I highly recommend you do because we're going to be doing a listener feedback episode soon, answering some questions that listeners have and um, reading some of their contents and reviews, you can email us at podcast at aquaculturealliance.org or give us a call and leave us a voice message at one 603 Three eight four three five six zero, and maybe we'll play your message on the show. Who knows? Yeah, and be on the the
2: lookout for some sort of contest that we may be doing in the future.
0: Yeah, we'll figure out the logistics. That kind of just sp- spilled out of my brain in the beginning of this episode, so that's not happening yet. But we're, we'll figure out the logistics and uh, what you need to enter, and then we'll have some cool prizes for some, some yeah. and we'll make that sure. With
2: us. Once we figure that out, that we will put pictures of the prizes so you can take a take a look at them beforehand we all here when we sit around this table and uh, produce these podcasts we drink out of our aquademia coffee mugs and they are pretty cool looking they're pretty say. awesome yeah mm-hmm. yeah pretty
0: all right so if you guys have anything else you want to say about earth day happy earth day happy friends. earth day happy earth day everybody awesome so with that i'm Sean laughlin and i'm justin grant
1: and i'm maddie cassidy
0: thanks for talking about seafood guys thanks everybody bye <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Earth Day episode of the Aquademia podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation that we had. I think it was pretty interesting. We hit on some pretty cool points, and I hope you learned something. And remember, we live here all year, so try to keep this stuff in the back of your mind. Thanks so much, everyone.